Hello, beings of Earth. I'm your host, Neil Verma. Welcome to eBrandCast, where you decode what branding truly is so you can build a dominant e-com brand. In this episode, we'll dive into psychology of online shopping. including the three psychological elements you need to understand as a marketer and how the consumer psychology changes as we move through the five stages of the customer journey. We'll also discuss some of the tools in e-commerce that would help you tap into the natural buying psychology of consumers to increase conversions. We're covering a lot today, so let's get started. In 1996, Procter & Gamble introduced a new product that was called Febreze. Internally, Procter & Gamble were excited by the new technology in the product that would neutralize odors on fabrics that can be put into a washing machine, like carpets and furniture. The marketing campaigns focused on educating consumers about how the odor-killing tech worked and how it would deliver you from unwanted smells in your home. Easy to use, effective, non-scented, and it didn't stain fabric. They were sure they had a winner on their hands, except they did not. Consumers, it turned out, didn't think their houses smelled bad and the product seemed doomed to fade away into obscurity. But Procter & Gamble believed in the product, so they decided to spend time figuring out why the product wasn't connecting with customers. To do this, they conducted in-home usage testing with self-identified clean freaks. The team found themselves in a perfectly organized home that was obviously regularly cleaned, except for the overpowering smell of cat pee from the home's nine resident felines. Even though one member of the team was actually gagging from the smell, the homeowner was totally oblivious to it. When they asked her how she dealt with the cat smell, she insisted that our cats didn't smell at all. Over and over again, the team found that even in homes with an overpowering smell, the residents were totally unaware of it. Of course, you know the end of the story because you've seen the famous ads by how we are nose blind to familiar scents, even when they're obvious to others. But this wasn't the only breakthrough. Procter & Gamble found that the customers who did use the product didn't use it as an emergency cleaner for spills and infrequent bad smells. Instead, they used it as part of the cleaning routine. This led to Procter & Gamble adding refreshing scents to the spray as a way to positively reinforce its users. It was meant to be a reward for using the product, creating a dopamine rush in your brain, and ultimately a strong habit. Over time, the familiar scent of Febreze spray would reassure you and your house that it doesn't smell to visitors. What's important about this story is that aside from the addition of scents, the product's core technology wasn't changed at all. It was the same dead-end product that was a bestseller just a few months later. What really changed was the customer's perception of the product, as well as the problem the product addressed. What does this mean to e-commerce entrepreneurs? Well, one of the biggest myths I see among entrepreneurs is that e-commerce has made branding irrelevant. And too many entrepreneurs don't realize that setting up a storefront and enticing consumers to buy are two different things. 
In fact, Febreze shows that even a genuine innovative product isn't going to sell itself. And this is really the secret to branding. It's building a business made to serve customers, one that consumers feel compelled to buy from. Certainly, e-commerce has changed how people shop, but it hasn't changed why. So today, I wanted to take a step back and give you an overview of consumer psychology and how it mixes with e-commerce. Not only would this help you optimize the customer experience with your business, it would also help you make every aspect of your brand more effective. Consumer psychology is a field of study that looks at why we buy and how our emotions, beliefs, and preferences influence our purchase behavior. Although it's a relatively new field of research, the core insights of branding haven't radically changed, even with the tools of neuroscience and brain imaging at its disposal. Even if you've never studied consumer psychology yourself, you're living in the world it's shaped. Every store you walk into and every ad you see relies on consumer psychology. Think of IKEA and how their warehouses channel customers through each display. Or any store at your local mall. Cashiers are often placed at the back of a store, for instance, to ensure customers are exposed to as many products as possible. This way, consumers are more likely to find more items to buy and increase their cart value as they approach checkout. Of course, these are consumer psychology insights that aren't going to apply in exactly the same way online, but they're no less important. Netflix actually employs psychologists on their consumer insights team, and their participation has led to innovations like autoplay countdowns and personalized thumbnails. And the basics of consumer psychology are universal. Here's the big picture. There are three basic components to consider. Motivation, ability, and triggers. Motivation speaks to what motivates an individual customer to buy. They may be motivated by the promise of pleasure or the promise of avoiding pain. Another powerful motivation is to increase your social acceptance or avoid rejection. This was the critical piece Fabrice got wrong, for instance. It wasn't until they realized people couldn't be motivated by a problem they weren't aware of that the product became relevant to consumers. By branding this issue as being nose-blind, the problem was suddenly real. The second component ability refers to is whether a customer has the resources to complete a purchase. Of course, this includes financial ability. We might feel motivated to own a private jet, but very few of us have the money to afford one. But ability also refers to access to the knowledge and time needed to reach a decision and complete the purchase. In our Fabrice case study, this is a piece they focused on from the beginning. By teaching consumers about the technology of their spray, they hope it would be enough information to move consumers to buy. But as you will see throughout this episode, these three components work together to influence consumer behavior. Just nailing one isn't going to help you. Finally, every purchase is triggered. This is when desire and ability turn into action. In e-commerce, for example, triggers often take the form of call to actions, social ads, or pop-ups. So the trick is having all three components working for you. This means reaching consumers who have the motivation and ability to buy from you and having effective purchase triggers. In other words, these three components span every step of the customer journey, whether the consumer is in-store or online. 
So let's break down the customer journey and explain how each of these three components come into play in e-commerce. The customer journey model I'm going to use is called the Nicosia model. If you want to look it up later for more information, it has five stages. Stage one of the customer journey is problem recognition. This is the point in the journey when the consumer becomes aware of the problem they want to solve or a need that they're looking to fulfill. This need can be triggered externally, like by an ad, or internally, like when we feel hungry. In addition, the, the awareness of this problem is intense enough that it becomes a drive to solve the problem. What happens now is that the consumer is put in a state of heightened awareness. This was the psychology behind the successful Febreze campaigns that educated consumers not about the spray's technology, but what it means to be nose blind. It was a marketing campaign designed to make consumers aware of a pain point they may simply be unaware of. Likewise, the first wave of DTC e-commerce became the giants that they are today because they also mastered this technique. Casper's early marketing, for instance, emphasized the pain of traditional mattress buying, like the overwhelming amount of options, pushy salespeople, restocking fees, and stressful truck deliveries. Warby Parker's early marketing reminded consumers that prescription lenses are only so expensive because optometrist offices have the market cornered. Bonobos was created because its founder couldn't find a pair of pants that fit properly, and this message was about having to settle for pants that don't quite fit well was the spearhead of their initial marketing. Dollar Shave Club also immediately makes a case for the brand by pointing out consumers are overpaying for standard razors, basically to pay for celebrity brand endorsements. All of them are heightening awareness of the pain of old options in order to position themselves as a more rewarding solution. And once consumers are in this heightened awareness of pain, they are naturally more receptive to information about the problem or need, as well as any potential solution. This is why heightening pain in your messaging while positioning your brand as a better solution is so powerful. But if this awareness happens outside of a branded message, they'll start searching for the best solution. Like for example, when a consumer decides they're hungry or a product that you used for years breaks, maybe by asking friends for recommendations, taking a closer look at in-store displays or searching for solutions online. And of course, much of this information they get will be from marketing sources. In e-commerce, we refer to the stage as brand awareness. It's at this point that assuming that this customer has never encountered your brand before, they discover it for the very first time and becomes one of their ultimate options. And this is where content marketing really shines. By publishing articles, videos, blog posts, and so on that address common consumer problems, you put yourself in front of the customers and give them helpful information about the problem. If they do a search online related to their need or problem and encounter helpful content you've released, you can land on their radar. Not only that, as long as your content is also valuable or insightful, the consumer will see your brand as an expert building trust. A good example of this is Fu Tang Cheng, a designer whose favorite medium is concrete. He's written several books about home renovations with concrete, including concrete countertops, 
fireplaces, floors, and so on. His online content is filled with DIY tutorials, techniques, and guides to help consumers create work of art with concrete without breaking their bank account. Consumers have the option to use the free DIY content, sign up for his workshops, or buy a book. The brand also sells proprietary concrete mix and other tools. The point is this high-value content puts his brand on your home renovations map. Once consumers are aware of their problem and feel motivated to solve it, they then move into stage two of the customer journey, which is information search. While consumers may have done some preliminary searches about potential solutions, this is where that search kicks into high gear. At this point, consumers believe a solution exists, likely have several brands in mind to choose between, and are determined to find a solution that will best suit them individually. If you're taking the risk of ignoring branding altogether, digital marketing might get help you get into the customer's consideration set at this point in time. But it's at this stage where a brand's power starts to make a difference. And at this stage, consumers are more likely product-focused and their ability to buy the product comes into play. It's only here, for instance, as consumers are aware of a problem and seeking a solution that information about your product becomes relevant. So it was here that Febreze's innovative spray that actually neutralized smells rather than cover them up became a genuine selling point. And when it comes to e-commerce, consumers will want to know what kind of features and unique benefits your product offers, and of course, the price. Consumers will pay close attention to your product pages, images, and descriptive copy. Whether your product images are professional and give consumers a full sense of the product will influence whether your brand stays on the radar. Having other media like videos or product pages can also help give consumers a better sense of the product as well as help, you br help your brand stick out in their minds. A great example is United by Blue, a brand that sells sustainable outdoor clothes and accessories. Their product pages have all the standard information that you would expect from an e-com store, but they also have some added touches that really help the brand stand out. The product details are very precise. On the page for the rich button-down shirt, the listed details include that the shirt features a short tail hemline, point collar, and that the pockets are placed at the wearer's left chest. They make sure to anchor these details in the brand's identity by adding the shirt as made responsibly in China. And that for every product purchased, one pound of trash is removed from oceans and waterways. In addition, their fit guide is superb because it's visual. Instead of the standard table of bust, waist, and hip measurements to small, medium, and large sizes, they add a photo of where exactly to take each measurement on your body to decide. They also include quick links to customer support right in the guide in case you need that extra help. The consumer has clarity about the product and sizing and it's all anchored by the top line brand benefits. In United by Blue's case, those would be sustainability and the added perk of proceeds helping to clean the oceans. Remember, ability isn't just financial. It's whether consumers are armed with the right information to feel that they can make a confident choice. Once consumers have a good idea of their options and what each choice offers them, they'll move into stage three, 
which is the evaluation of alternatives. Here, consumers start to look beyond the product alone. The product still matters, but at this stage, consumers see different products as having different features that are all promising to satisfy the need or solve their problem. The difference between brands come into relief. And as consumers explore and weigh these differences, they'll learn more about the product itself. This is when beliefs about a brand start to take shape and solidify. It's also when your unique brand benefits, not just your product benefits, but the benefits of choosing a brand hold the most power. And consumers start to form brand preferences and begin to form emotional associations with each brand that they do consider. Field Notes is a brand that sells notebooks, just plain old-fashioned paper. And there are endless competitors out there, including several well-known and respected brands like Moleskin and Luchterm 1917. As consumers narrow down their options, they'll interact more purposefully with your content, advertising, and website. Yes, there are differences between paper types, weight, and styles, but very, very few customers are going to prioritize paper weight as they pursue options. So it's here that how you present your brand and information about your products that will make the most difference and determine whether you stick out in the customer's mind. Moleskin is known for their limited edition licensed notebooks. They've produced notebooks that feature cover art from Star Wars, the Peanuts comic strip, Harry Potter, Lego, Dr. Seuss, Batman, and various music artists like the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan. These licenses will appeal to various different customers. Field Notes, by comparison, really sells the lost art of writing by hand. In one striking video, they explain their subscription service, which delivers a pack of seasonally themed notebooks four times a year that each notebook series takes advantage of a different printing or binding process, different types of paper, and so on. But where then do they hook the customer emotionally? They explain the most important part of the purchase process is when you actually put ink on paper. And they demonstrate that all this writing and doodling makes a difference. In the video, they compare the weight of a stack of unused notebooks to the weight of the same number of notebooks filled with writing. The difference is 6 grams, which they call the weight of the notebook's soul. One downside to the cover obsession of Moleskin is that it can lead to customers having the feeling of not wanting to ruin such a nice notebook with frivolous or unimportant notes. These limited editions are in danger of never being used, unlike Field Notes subscription program which encourages you to write down everything and fill in your additions before the next shipment. A strong core brand message is that it doesn't matter what you use the notebook for. They make this clear by telling customers the brand is inspired by the vanishing subgenre of agricultural memo books, ornate pocket ledgers, and the simple, unassuming beauty of a well crafted grocery list. It's a totally different attitude that's going to create a different emotional reaction in different people. And remember, we're talking about paper here. Ultimately, at this stage, motivation and ability are upgraded. From simply having a base need and enough knowledge to choose an option, customers now tap into their deeper motivations like sustainability or the freedom to write without self-censorship. Their ability to purchase is turned into an emotional connection to the brand and elevates finding a solution to the original problem 
into a way of reinforcing or aspiring the best for themselves. Once customers reach this level, they are at stage four, the point of making a purchase decision. This is not the end of the journey, however. Prior to this stage, motivation and ability have been the active elements in the consumer's mind. Now triggers come into play. This stage is a little bit more practical than the last one, as having a well-designed flow through your site towards completing checkout is the key here. So are clear call to actions. You need to turn the desire to buy into the desire to buy now. People tend to respond to urgency and guarantees within action. Words like hurry, limited, right away, running out, and last chance are all shown to create a sense of urgency in consumers that moves them to act. This is the psychology behind Amazon's practice of showing customers how many items are left in stock once numbers get low. Naked Wines, an online wine seller based in the UK, displays the number of sales of any given product and the percentage of customers who would purchase it again. So for example, you might see a sticker that says 90% of 1,980 would buy it again. It's kind of like a social proof which reminds that they can come in both positive and negative form. Here, Naked Wines is using the positive side of social proof, whereas our friend Febreze is using the negative side. Many of its initial nose-blind commercials mention that your guests are probably just too polite to let you know your house smells, creating social pressure to fix the problem. In addition, guarantees also work as they reduce the customer's perceived risk. E-commerce betting brand Brooklinen offers a lifetime warranty on all their products. Evo, a brand that sells outdoor apparel as well as sports equipment like skis and snowboards, offers a price match guarantee on all their product pages. These guarantees are key because once a customer has made a decision for a specific brand, there are still two factors that can interfere. First, the attitude of others, like doubt cast by a family member or a bad review found online. And second, a sudden change in their situation, like the sudden loss of a job or any other emotional surprise, like the death of a loved one. Having reassurances like hassle-free returns, money-back guarantees, significant social proof, and a trustworthy checkout process can ensure you don't lose customers right after winning them over. Also keep in mind that most first-time customers will start with a smaller purchase. There's less perceived risk, and in case like offering a free trial, it's easier than saying no. Once they've made their final order, e-commerce offers a unique psychological appeal to customers. Unlike in-store shopping where customers receive the product the moment they check out, in e-com, there's a delay between ordering and receiving a delivery. Now that shipping in e-commerce has become faster and more reliable, the delayed gratification in itself creates actually enhances the online shopping experience. Making the purchase as well as being able to shop in your pajamas gives customers an instant buzz. But also, in the gap between buying and receiving, the anticipation also tends to increase the desire for the product. This delayed gratification is also the same emotional process behind the pleasurable countdown to Christmas. And it powerfully engages our neural reward system. The danger, of course, is that if you have misrepresented the quality or effectiveness of your product, this is setting customers up for disappointment. But with a great product that you've carefully and intentionally branded, delivery can associate your brand with a big oxytocin boost. Designing your packaging for a great unboxing experience 
will only enhance these effects. Packaging that presents the products when you open the box, for instance, like how Allboards designs their shoe boxes, that goes a long way. Or carry away home who sells ceramic cookware but packages the box so that you don't need to dig through the layers of wasteful plastic and styrofoam before you actually see the product. You can also increase excitement for the product arrival by sending the customer helpful information in the gap between ordering and delivering. Emailing product manuals or links to video tutorials and assembly instructions, content that will improve the customer's experience with the product once it arrives. But purchase and delivery isn't quite the last stage of the customer journey. That would be stage five, post-purchase behavior. This is where the customer feels either satisfaction or dissatisfaction with their ultimate brand choice. For you, it's important to monitor the post-purchase buzz about your brand. This is when you reach out to customers and ask for a review or for feedback. It's when dissatisfied customers will reach out to your customer service to resolve an issue or initiate a return. Having an automated email campaign that lets customers know how to leave a review or how to contact customer service can be a big help here. And the easier you make it for customers to communicate with you, the more they will. Of course, the longer-term aspect of this stage includes the product's full life cycle whether it's perishable product or when and if the customer eventually dispose of it. If your product is designed to be used and thrown out, this raises some opportunities for sustainable brands to offer new solutions. Patagonia is, as ever, a sustainability champion and has one of the best post purchase campaigns called Worn Wear. The brand hosts events you can bring your gear in in order to be repaired or donated. To return to our opening story, this is exactly why Procter & Gamble added sense to Febreze as a reinforcing reward for using the product regularly. It's a post-purchase payoff, the reassuring smell of a clean home. Unfortunately, especially in e-commerce, this is often neglected stage of the journey, but it shouldn't be. Because post-purchase is where your brand becomes a part of your customer's life and where a customer's relationship to your brand is solidified. And this is what branding really is. It's a relationship. Customer journey is just one way to visualize how this relationship is built. And by applying it to your business, you can make sure your brand is meeting your customer's needs at every step. Of course, one of the major changes from traditional retail and advertising that e-commerce has brought is that of speed. The customer journey hasn't changed fundamentally, but it has sped up tremendously. With so much information at our fingertips, this whole journey can be completed in a matter of hours or minutes. So your brand needs to be omnipresent in order to emerge as your target customer's top choice. But let me leave you with this thought. Even for entrepreneurs, I know that feeling overly salesy can sometimes feel inauthentic. And I don't present consumer psychology as a way to trick consumers into buying from you or buying something that they don't need. Understanding consumer psychology is about improving the customer's experience overall. It's about helping them find the solutions that they feel that they need to help them improve their lives in whatever way they prefer. And it helps us shape our brands to ensure we're perceived in the intended way that we're giving customers the most relevant and important information that they need. And really, consumers may be nose blind, but they can't be fooled for long by inauthentic marketing. 
you may succeed in manipulating a few sales, but you can't manipulate a relationship long-term. So take these two models and start applying them to your business. Again, the five stages of the customer journey, problem recognition, information search, evaluation of alternative, purchase decision, and the post-purchase behavior. As well as the three components of every purchase decision are motivation, ability, and triggers. Are you engaging customers' motivation and ability to buy into the early stages of the journey? Are you adequately triggering a purchase decision and building a relationship to your brand post-purchase? Consumer psychology isn't terribly complicated, but the potential implementations are limitless. And it's critical to understand that psychology, if you're going to build a brand that people actually care about. And just one last reminder before I sign off. I do talk to a lot about branding today. And if you want some more information on how to build a brand that aligns every aspect of your business, do visit ebrandbook.com. We have a free book called Checkout that will walk you through the branding process specifically for e-commerce step-by-step. You've been listening to eBrandCast today where we decode what branding truly is so you can build a dominant e-com brand. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode, but you can let us know directly by leaving a review. As a new podcast, reviews are a critical lifeline. They increase the visibility of the podcast, but more importantly, your feedback helps us improve. And as a thank you for taking the time, we're offering everyone who leaves us a review free lifetime access to the 7C Canvas platform. It's an online tool that allows you to fill out, save, and share as many versions of the 7C Canvas as you can come up with. What's the 7C Canvas? It's the ultimate one-pager building block technique to creating an e-com brand strategy. It accompanies our flagship 7C method and is the perfect companion for our book checkout. Getting access is an easy three-step process. First, post a review on Apple Podcast. Five stars is always welcome. Second, take a screenshot of your review. And finally, email your screenshot to reviews at ibrahimbuilders.com. And we'll reply back with instructions to access the new home of your brand strategy. If you're looking for more eBrandCast episodes, you can find them at eBrandCast.com and subscribe to eBrandCast to make sure you never miss a new release. Thank you again for tuning in today. See you in the next one. Bye for now.